Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. So maybe you're going through something right now and you find that as you look around, you feel like the circumstances are impossible, that things are happening that are outside of your control and it's really, really tempting to just throw your hands up in the air and say, well, there's nothing I can do. My friends, that's why I've invited my friend Tina Noakes, owner of Five Star Painting and beautiful woman, beautiful spirit, to share with you this truth that you can do hard things. Tina talks about her own adversity, the things that she's faced, and how, yes, just like everyone else, she's been tempted to give up, throw in the towel. But you know what she did? She said, I'm leaning into this. I can trust myself. I've got the answers inside of me, and I can do hard things. Listen to Tina's heart in this podcast episode. Be encouraged, and hey, as an extra special treat for those of you looking to add some wow power to your home, I know you are. I've been doing some painting on my own, but let me tell you, had I met Tina beforehand and was I living in the Loudoun area, I would have hired her because Tina's got a special offer for you. If you want to add some wow power to your house, she has an offer for a free color consultation, so she will send in an interior designer to help you pick out the right colors for your home to make your home that happy, healthy place that reminds you you can do hard things. All you're going to need to do is text the word color, C-O-L-O-R, to 540-369-2139 to get the details on that special offer. For now, lean in and listen to Tina's message that you too can do hard things. Question for you, my friend. What are you thriving in the thick of right now? thriving in the thick of, I mean, the thick of right now is just coping with COVID. Yeah. Um, you well, know, not like you don't have it, right? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, as far as how it's affected our business. Yes. Um, five-star painting. Um, you know, we had to pivot. Um, we had to um, come up with different ways to keep servicing our customers without necessarily going to their house. So we started doing, uh, virtual estimates, vir- oh, wow. virtual color consultations. You know, if it was interior, if it was an exterior and the customer was okay with it, then we could, you know, we're walking around outside yeah. and social distancing and things like that. Yeah. But of course, and then having all estimators, all painters wearing masks, um, you know, so having to pivot and, and do that. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to keep working and and keep everybody busy through the tough time of COVID. Although, you know, springtime is our our peak time of the year. And we did not peak this year because of okay. COVID. Now it's like we're having a backlog now that we're going into fall and things are loosening up a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're slammed right now. It's well. Crazy. So I have a few questions for you. So one, do, is the bulk of your work interior or exterior? Um, we do both. We do a little more interior than exterior, but we do both. And we also do residential and commercial, which you would think for the commercial side with everybody not being at work, that that would have gone crazy. But with everybody worried about making payroll and yeah, yeah, yeah. time for their PPP loans right. and stuff, it all just kind of stopped. Now it's starting to open up again, but it's funny how it all just stopped. Well, okay. And so that's intriguing to me, Tina, because for me, 
Now, everybody's got a little bit of a different opinion about this, and I want to ask you about that and how that impacted your ability to operate your business. But from, you know, just standing back and observing from a consumer's perspective, the stores that never seemed to slow down were like Lowe's and Home Depot, (laughs) right? Right? Like people were doing home improvement projects like through the roof. Yes. So I wouldn't have thought then that your business would have slowed down. It was the fear of having people in their house. Like I said, we, I mean, we were essential. We kept working. We just didn't have that, that crazy peak time that we typically have. And I, I, people just were afraid of having people come into their house yeah. But for themselves, they had free time. So they yeah. were like, hey, let me do this home project. Yeah. Um, now we're kind of being called in to correct some of those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. This is so funny. That reminds me of um, hairstylists, right? Because like I I dyed my hair, like I, I would get it professionally dyed or whatever. Well, I was like, you know what? I don't care. To me, hair is just hair, whatever. It grows back. I can cut it off, whatever. I don't care. And I dyed it and my highlights turned kind of like a bluish purple. Oh, no. Like my, oh yeah, they did. But I was like rocking it. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. Some people have that today. <laughs> but the point was that I have two very close friends who are hairstylists and they were like, I am slammed right now with all of these color corrections. So I love that you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you seeing? What are, What are people messing up? You know, um, different things, right? Um, they start painting and they find out it's harder than they thought. <laughs> so they stop halfway through in college. You know, I did this wall, but I'm not going to do the whole room. It's just too much. Or, yeah. or if it's a really high ceiling, mm-hmm. and I didn't think about this before, but you know, a high ceiling, say 18 feet high in a, in say a two story family room, they start painting the lower half and then say, you know what? I, I don't have a ladder that big, or I don't want to get up on a ladder that big. You know, and like I said, I don't know why they think didn't think that before, but they've only done half of it. And it's yeah. like now we have to do the whole thing, and we've got to sand, or you get this little ridge where they stopped. Right. So anyway, things like that. Um, or they just painted it, and it turned out kind of messy. <laughs> you know, they want a clean line. You know, it's just just stuff. Yeah. Now, yeah. with that said, some homeowners, homeowners do beautiful work. I mean, I come in and I go, wow, yeah. you guys did a really good job. Um, but that's not typically the case. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you guys, you guys are professionals, so you probably don't tape, do you? No, no. In fact, I had a homeowner <laughs> call me once. We're in the middle of the job. She calls me up and she says, she says, they are not taping on the ceiling. <laughs> she was concerned. She was concerned because that's what she would do. And right. I, I said, no, 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 that's fine. Um, you know, they're professional painters. They do this every day, all day. They don't need to tape. They just cut a straight line. And um, she was like, oh, I said, don't worry. You know, at the end, we'll take a look. And, you know, if you see anything that's a problem, we're going to correct it. But right. just trust us. They can cut a straight line. And I said, and it goes so much faster if you don't tape off. And, and it sure does. Yeah. I don't like tape. You know, I find that if I tape it, like it just peels off the stuff that I did. Right. Right. Because then you, 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 you aren't as careful. Yeah. And then you've still got a crooked line. And then you have a crooked line. <laughs> so, hey, let's back up a second here, Tina. How long have you had five-star painting? We've been in business for about eight years now. Uh, it was a situation where... Um, kind of a a longer story, but my husband um, had lost his job in 2010. 
Um, at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom. We were—I was actually homeschooling my kids at the time. Um, and he lost his job. He—he he, um, looked for a year. You know, this was at the time of the recession. He had been a vice president, um, so getting a job at his level, his pay salary, his age at the time. Yeah. Was, uh, um, looked for a job for a year and didn't find anything. Yeah. At the end of that year, we got together and, and said, you know, we've got to basically stop knocking on doors and asking for a job mm-hmm. and just give ourselves a job. There you go. Yeah. So he actually started another business, which was a business consulting business, um, and action and also a franchise consultant. Um, then after doing that for a year, um, my son, who had only been out of college for a few years, he was working for a telecom company. He lost his job. Um, they moved out of Virginia. They downsized and did all this stuff. So, But they'd given him a severance package. And um, so then he came in and said, I'm going to start my own business and look through our, the franchise database. And he chose Five Star Painting. And then he said, Mom, come and work with me. And I was, yes, I need a job. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I started doing that with him and it, and it grew and, and went from a part-time thing to a, what I call a crazy time thing where we were working until 11 o'clock midnight, you know, every night. And um, after a year, he had an opportunity to go to another state and run some five-star painting territories there. And I said to my husband, you've got to come on full-time. This is going, but I need you. Wow. So, so that's how my husband then came over to Five Star Painting and we've been, the two of us have been running it ever since. So adversity is nothing new to the two of you. No, 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 no. <laughs> how are, let me ask you this. How are you handling the adversity of uh, a global pandemic impacting your business differently than you did the um, recession and the decision to pivot and create a business as opposed to looking for a job? eight years ago. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it, it's just a totally different approach. Like you just kind of said, you know, one is n- not just looking for a job, but now creating a job, creating your, a, a personal income, you know, a way to support yourself and your family. Um, where now it's, it's how do I maintain that? How do I keep my staff busy? How do I keep my staff earning money to mm-hmm. support, their families. Now it's not just my family, but it's their families as well. So let me ask you this then, Tina, what do you feel like you learned in that process of, you know, thriving is all about learning and growth. So what do you feel like you learned in that process eight years ago for in how you were creative and how you handled things in the moment for you and your family that you have now carried over and are able to extrapolate from and use from the people that are relying on you? Yeah, I mean, I think creativity, um, being able to think out of the box, those are all um, things you need to do. Um, Try new things. um, Keep working at it. um, Be teachable. I think Mm. it's a really important thing. um, You know, always be reading. Always be learning. um, You know, doing webinars, um, talking to other people in your business or or even just general business owners, you know, business owners in general. Yeah. Um, you know, how are, how are they thriving? How are they surviving? Um, I'm part of a networking group and we, within that group, we have a power team. We were meeting monthly and, um, talking about what we're each of, and everybody in the team is a home services company, but we're all different. 
And we were talking about how are we coping with COVID? What are we doing? What's working? What's not working? Um, so kind of having that, that group mm-hmm. of other business owners you can rely on mm-hmm. and, you know, and learning from them and, and, and telling them what's working for you. That was mm-hmm. super important. Yeah. I'm very helpful. So uh, this is really interesting that you're talking about this because it fits, it fits with a message that has been on my heart for the last several days, which is about, and this can apply to anything from business to relationships, interpersonal relationships, group relationships, whatever it is. But the, the issue of um, perspective and how very often our, our natural tendency is to dismiss that which doesn't feel familiar to us. Mm-hmm. Right. Like rather than being curious, because to be curious, to open up your mind, like you said, to be teachable, that requires some discomfort. It, I mean, it just has to, because if I have to learn something, there is discomfort associated with that because I'm forming new neural pathways. There's things I have to consider that I didn't consider before. So my question to you is what sorts of discomfort have you been going through uh, in that process of being teachable, and what are you learning about yourself? Um, you know, the, I think the biggest fear is, which is the biggest discomfort, is you know being able to to make payroll, to pay your bills, to survive that way, um, to not have to let people go. You know, that was a worry. We don't want to have to let people go because right. when this thing turns around, we need them. You know, yeah. Um, I think I think that was a really big thing dealing with that, um, which which is similar, although different than when we didn't have the job. You know, I've got to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time where we had we had hit Christmas and I was completely through the savings, completely through the severance mm. at that point. And I, I remember sitting down on the stairs of my house and just thinking, what am I going to do about Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. And um and the thought came to me um and I'm a I'm a religious person. Mm-hmm. Um the thought came to me um are we not all beggars? Me. Mm. Don't we beg for the Lord's help mm. every day of our lives even when things are good or things are bad. And here I am in a bad spot and yeah. are we always beggars and we always have to rely on the Lord and we always have to remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and at that, right after that is when things turned around for us. So yeah. I think it was a lesson I had to learn. I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, that's really, really beautiful. I think you hit the nail on the head too, when you talked about fear and how fear I think is the biggest discomfort because when you're preparing yourself to be teachable, you're, it's, you know, just to relate it to what you said, if you ask the Lord for help for something, like be ready to get uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> risk. There's risk in everything. Yes. You know, as you change, as you grow, there's always risk and you've got to be able to deal with risk. Mm-hmm. And some things are going to work and some things are not, but that's okay. You learn, well, you learn when things are good, but you, you really learn when things are not so good. Yeah. But that's okay. You you spring back. You keep going. You adjust. You refine. Yeah. And and as you go through that, you become stronger. You become mm-hmm. a better person. Mm-hmm. You know. You whenever you look forward, you go, oh, I don't really want to go through that. I <laughs> but after you've done it and you look back, then you're like, okay, that was that was good. I didn't really want to do that. It was hard, 
but yeah. but I grew from that. I'm better. I know more now. Yeah. You know? Well, let me let me ask you this because I think a lot of times we forget um, we forget the um, things that we've that we've been through, that God has carried us through, that we've gotten through, it's like we forget that we've been here before. It's like we're presented with a new challenge. And for whatever reason, Tina, it feels like, oh my gosh, this is the end of the world. I've never experienced this before. But if we really took the time to think back, I think that we would, I think that we would recount several times where we felt like, I have no idea how I'm going to get through this. Yes. Yes. But I think you're right. If you can, if you can go back to a time Mm -hmm. where you, you went through something hard, but in the end it all worked out you feel like, you know, you had, you kept your faith and you felt like you were helped that that then when it comes up again, it's easier to look back and go, you know what I've, I've done, you know, maybe not this exact thing, but it worked out before. And I know that the Lord's hand is always there in my life. Yeah. He will help me again. Amen. And so, yeah. And so you can have the faith to go forward. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question because a lot of people, Tina, they feel like, okay, I'm teachable. Um, I can explore this. I can be curious. I'm open to pivoting. You know, and this isn't just about business. It could be about relationships, friendships, because wrenches get thrown in the works all the time. Yeah. Um, but something that you said struck me, you said, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And I really want you to touch on that a little bit personally and how maybe you've encountered some things that you've done, you've tried, some worked, some didn't. Now, well, you didn't try, you either did it or you didn't, but you did something and it worked or it didn't. And how sometimes we just get as, as people, but as women, we can cling so tightly to an outcome that we anticipate that we think would be the best thing for us. But when that thing doesn't work out, it can flatten us um, if we're not careful. So I wonder if you could share some of your personal experiences about what you have learned in the places where you've done something and it didn't work out as you hoped. Right. It, it makes me think of that uh, little phrase, um, life happens when you're making plans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're making all these plans and it's going to be so great. It's going to be like this. And then, no, it's not that. (laughs) Yeah. No, not at all. It's something different. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Well, for example, you know, my husband lost his job and he started another business. And of course, you know, we invested money in that business and we were hoping, planning, that that was going to work and that was going to be the best thing. Um, But it never really got to a place where, you know, it was really making enough money for us. Um, And there's been other businesses in the past that we've started. For example, back when we were much younger, we lived in California. We owned a surf shop for a while. Oh, fun. Um, It was fun. Everybody says that. Um, But it it wasn't super profitable. It was, I was going to say so fun and chill until you have to sell a surfboard. Right, right. (laughs) And um, and keep your store stocked and wait for people to come in and buy. Um, You know, so those were, we learned from all that, you know, those things that were not as super successful, you know, where I'm like, okay, this is good. We're doing this. This is great. 
Um, you know, and whoever thought it would be a painting business. But on the other hand, most people need painting at one time or another. And so in that respect, it's it's a good business. Yeah. But but I think from like we kind of said, from all those past failures, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you learn how to do it better. So mm-hmm. so for us, you know, from a business perspective this time, you know, we're much better at marketing. We're much better at uh, setting up systems to manage the business, mm-hmm. to um, watch our numbers, do job costing, you know, all okay. the things. We do much better now than we did then because we've learned how to do that. Yeah. Now, do you feel like you are able to use um, and serve others with your gifts through your business, through your job? Um, Yeah, for sure. Um, Like I like strategy. I like um, marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, Good for you. And and creating the systems, you know, coming in and saying, okay, how do we make this better? How do we we solve this problem? Um, So I like to do that. So I think um, that is something. And my husband is the same. He brings a lot of his skills and talents to the table. He's really the numbers guy. I'm I'm not the numbers person. Mm -hmm. He is. Um, but I think, I think another, another thing that's super important to us, as I kind of mentioned before, is that feeling of, um, I, I have people that work for us that we provide jobs for so that they can go out and support their themselves and their families. That's a super important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, so we're, you know, we always come from a place of, of supporting them and, and, you know, like, like we always say, if anything keeps us up, it's up at night, it's, you know, are we, are we able to keep everybody busy? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like being in a position when you're a business owner and you're a woman, um, being in the position of, of mom. So here's where I'm going with this, not mom in a condescending way, Tina, but mom in a, I have a responsibility and an obligation to take care of you, to look out for your welfare, your best interests. And a lot of times as women, if we look at that from just a a nuclear family perspective, we lose ourselves in that because we're so focused on taking care of everybody else in the family, making sure their needs are met. I wonder if that's been, um, if you've had any of those kind of boundaries blurred with you, like how are you taking care of you as a business owner with the responsibility that's on your shoulders? of wanting to take care of these people because there's a trickle-down effect with the people who, who you're employing and then their families and so forth. Yes, 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 for sure. Um, so like I said, when I first started working in the business, you know, it was me and my son. <laughs> we weren't painting. We had painters, but we were doing everything else, all the estimates, all the project management, you know, everything. Yeah. And um, training and recruiting and um you know, so we were working until 11, 12 o'clock at night. And that was mm. insane. I mean, you're exhausted. You're cranky. You just can't do that. Yeah. And then through time, you know, as things grew, we hired, we added, we, you know, until finally, and this is a principle in um, the, um, oh gosh, what's it called? There's a book. Of course, I can't think of it right now. Um, anyway, that talks about um, how to run a successful business. And mm. it is that as an owner, you need to work on the business instead of in the business. Instead of in it. That's right. Yes. So that's always been a thing. So every year we try to step back, step back, step back and work, get out of operations, mm-hmm. get out of sales and work on the business. Yeah. So I finally got to that point 
And, and yeah, and, and part of that too, again, is yes, establishing those boundaries in your life mm-hmm. where you're not running around like a crazy person, but yeah. you know, you're doing the most important thing for you to do. And, and so we've done that. And now we're sort of at that place where my hours are normal hours during the day. Sometimes yeah. I have a few extra hours. Like, wow, look at me. I got I have an extra hour today. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but definitely setting those boundaries and not being afraid to hire people, bring people on mm-hmm. um, to help. And to trust people, to trust right? People. To entrust them to do what you've selected them to do. Yes. Yes. And training and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. we have been super blessed with the people that work for us. They're just Mm -hmm. amazing, awesome people. Yeah. That's, that's so, so good. I love that work is like a family. And so it's really important that you, um, I think it's important that you treat it like that. You know, people, there's this old fashioned role of leave your personal life at the door, which I think is total garbage because we are people and we need to bring our peopleness to our relationships at work as we would anywhere else. Um, And I think there's a way to do that strategically without making it look like a dysfunctional family. It's a family. It doesn't have to be a dysfunctional one. Right, right. And it doesn't mean, of course, as a family with your children, for example, if they do something wrong, mm-hmm. you tell them. Right? That's right. That's you know, right. You don't ignore it. You tell them. You, you help them correct. And it's the same thing with a business. But, but you can do it from a perspective of, you know, I'm helping you correct. I'm teaching you the right way to do this rather yeah. than you're an idiot. I, be careful. I might fire you. You know, <laughs> different you're ways an to, idiot. Yes. to approach this, you know. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. It reminds me, and I, I'm going to go, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it reminds me, I used to be in a business coaching group mm-hmm. um, when I had my traditional therapy practice and um, I was trying, you know, I was doing things by the book and now I'm just a loose cannon, but, but not really. Anyway, it reminds me of um, somebody when you're talking about um, working on the business instead of in the business, there are traditional beliefs that we have that keep us working in the business, mm-hmm. right? Like, for example, somebody in the group said, well, I don't understand. I give them a paycheck every week. Why won't they do what I ask them to do? And I then I shifted. I, I pivoted for a little while after I closed my practice and did consultation with uh, organizational leadership about how to get people to do, quote unquote, people can't see my air quotes right now, uh, get people to do what you want them to do. And it's like, people don't work for money. Right. People, I mean, they, the, they wouldn't work if you didn't give them the money, but that's not the reason they're working for you. <laughs> In the job they're doing. Right. They, yeah. They're, they like their job or they like the people they work with right. or something there is good for them. Yeah. One of my, one of my estimators um, who had worked for me with me for a couple of years, um, she left and went with another home services company and she worked for them for a little less than a year. Then she called me up and she said, can I please come get, come back Aww. and see all these people? <laughs> They're so mean. <laughs> right. So now she's back and, and she's doing even better than yeah. she did. Uh, yeah. It's just amazing what she's doing now. Yeah. Yeah. So I bring that up for this reason. So when you said that, that one of the things that you've learned is to kind of step back. Um, however, when things like this happen, like a global pandemic or a recession or any, when all, any of that happens, we have a human tendency to knee jerk 
and to kind of, oh, let me, let me tighten the purse strings again. Let me go do this again. And very often what we can do as business owners is kind of dive back in and be like, oh, I need to, I need to be there front and center. And that's when I think that, um, what's required is what is required of us as leaders, as people kind of leading others in our organization and our families is to stand back and say, you don't need me to save you. I'm here. We're going to strategize together, but I trust you to keep doing what you need to do to stay successful. Can you share a little bit about that if you have personal experience with that? Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, we, we do that all the time. Um, in that if there's something that comes up, um, you know, they'll call the project manager or, or an estimator. They'll call. I'm, I'm ha- Typically, if we're having an issue, it's while the job is going, not so much before the estimating question is going to be, how do I price this? Yeah. Um, or, or, or would we do this or, or is this out of our wheelhouse? Um, project managers, something happens on the job. They're going to call and we're going to give them advice, but we don't immediately run over there and say, okay, let me handle it. I'm stepping in. We talk to the customer. It's, it's say this, say that, do this, do that, you know, yeah. let them work it through. Um, you know, with that said on the other side, say the estimating side, um, if an estimator makes a huge mistake, you know, really underbids the job, well, they may lose their commission. That's right. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I have to weigh it. You know, if it's something they didn't know, okay, well, they didn't know. But if it's something that they've been doing and now it's happened again, okay, now we're going to start to dock commissions. Because, you know, it's, again, it's like putting your child in timeout. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it has to sting a little bit for you mm-hmm. to say, okay, wait, I really got to change and be better right. at this. Right. Well, it's just, it's, it's being teachable. Going back to that, it's being, it's using as, as a teaching moment that we can make whatever choices and we can accept the consequences of our choices and we have the power to do that. I mean, I, it's just adulting, right? Yes. Yes, for sure. And I wish I never had to do it. I don't, I don't want to be mom to, to my employees, but every once in a while. Yeah. 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 So, Hey, I want to take you a little bit deeper into your thought world going back to when I asked you about being teachable and some of the moments for you, what was the, the moments of most discomfort and you said fear. And so what I often say to people that I coach personally is that you have to identify what your what ifs are, because just to say it's fear isn't enough. It's, it's to say, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of happening? And, and, if you can ask those what ifs and then answer them, they have very little power over you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder for you, if you could share a little bit about some of the fears that went through that have gone through, maybe still going through your mind and what, what if questions you're having to answer? Um, you know, the fears again, we're, we're paying the bills, making payroll. Um, However, again, the Lord's always there. It always works out, which is amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Um, I, I guess a fear, uh, one of, and this is kind of what I call a high class problem. <laughs> a fear is as we grow and we need more painters, we need more project managers, things like that. Can I find people that I really like and that are good at them? Mm-hmm. We've had some people in the past that we had to let go. Because they just weren't fitted yeah. for the job. Yeah. 
Um, and she, you know, nobody likes to do that. Um, so I, I guess that's a fear finding the right people. So, but what would the fear be? The fear would be, what if I don't get the right person and what, what is the fear? Okay, I don't get the right person. Now I can't grow. Now I stay where I'm at or I lose somebody, they go somewhere else and I can't replace them. Okay. Now I'm really scrambling yeah. or I've got to scale back and yeah. I don't really want to do that because yeah. if I have to scale back, say on a project manager, now what am I doing with my paint crew? Maybe I have a paint crew that isn't busy now because I don't yeah. have to be being the manager there. So yeah, I guess it's, I guess the fear is, um, not having the right people in place and then ultimately losing the right people or losing business. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't like to book out too far in advance because people don't always want to wait. They go find someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You know? so, so there's a balance with all of it. Um, so how are you answering those fears of what if I don't find the right people? What if I lose business? Um, I think I think my only answer is just faith. It's like okay, let, okay. let's have this. So it's just trust. It's trust. It's faith, yeah. and, and trying to stay ahead of it. So, okay. So you know, if it's looking like we're going to get to a point where we're going to need some more people, or that somebody may be getting to a point where they're going to leave, okay, let's get ahead of it and let's start interviewing right now. Let's find some people. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful point because a lot of times what we do is when we have fears or what ifs, we do the bury our head in the sand thing, as opposed to, no, I need to have binoculars and see what's coming ahead and try to prepare. Yes. Yes. Now, of course, for COVID, nobody knew. Right. So at the last minute, like I said, there you are pivoting. But, but yeah, I, I think, um, rec- you know, but we've talked, my husband and I have talked, what are we going to do if there's a recession, you know, yeah. horizon, what would we do? How would we handle things? Um, that's a fear is yeah. what if, what if the economy takes a turn for the worse? Um, you know, so for us, one, one of our answers is we have what we call an asset, asset light business. So, um, so our, our, our painters, our subcontractors, if we had to roll it back, I don't fire them. I just don't have business for them. Right. Um, but they work for us all the time. And people always ask this, okay, wait, are they employees or are they subcontractors? <laughs> They are subcontractors, but they work with us every day, you know, right. for years. They've been right. for years. So. Um, so that's one way um, that we do it. Yeah. Um, the estimators are on commission. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they're not estimating, you know, it's we don't have to worry about it. Now our project managers, they're, you know, paid by the hour and, and our scheduler and, you know, those types of people are, mm-hmm. they're actually right on the staff. So, yeah. But yeah, so we try to find ways to cope with some of those things if they were to happen. And like you said, use those binoculars to look ahead and plan ahead. And hopefully it'll never happen, mm-hmm. but um, have things in place if it, if it does. But And does that, that action, does that help to alleviate some of the fear? In addition to the trust, the trust and the faith, I mean, you know, it's I always have heard the saying, you got to put feet to your faith. Can't just like... Everything's going to be great. I'm just going to wait right here. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of me. Right. Um, yeah. No, I think for sure. I should, being proactive, staying ahead of it, yeah. planning, yeah. You know, looking for what could go wrong, I think um, helps you feel more at ease. Yeah. So again, anything can happen. You may not know, but at least you've got some things in place. You've thought about it. You're, you're planning. You're doing right. the best, too. Yeah. To mitigate. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
So what do you feel like is the, are, you know, one or two of the things that you've really uh, learned about yourself? Maybe something surprised you. Maybe you learned something about yourself you didn't like. Maybe you learned something about yourself that you're really proud of. What are you learning while you're choosing to thrive in the thick of it? Um, what have I learned about myself? I think I've, I mean, one of the things I've learned, we've kind of talked about it, is just really seeing people as people. Okay. You know, they're not, um, they're not objects. They're not something I own, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're people. They need to be treated like people Um, Mm -hmm. and and not, not just our employees, but our customers as well. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm constantly training on, you've got to listen to them. What are they really saying? What do they really want? What are they trying to get at? And, And building that trust um, I think we, I think we're good at when we go in with customers, we build trust and then they hire us, mm-hmm. um, because they, there's a lot of fear out there about contractors. Um, they're afraid of different things. They won't do a good job. They'll take my money and they'll never yeah, back. For sure. You know, they're not going to show up on time. This is going to take a lot longer than they said. There's all these different fears are out there. Um, so we, we address those right up front. We're not going to be that kind of contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I think one thing is I've, I've learned to treat people like people and how would I feel if I was in their shoes? So Um, you're learning that you, um, have more compassion, more empathy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To step into their shoes. Nice. What a beautiful lesson. That's like a beautiful artifact of a problem. And, And that to me, it just highlights that. That's what it looks like to thrive. It doesn't mean to avoid the pain. It means when you go through that pain and you look into it in its face and you decide, I'm going to work, I'm going to work through this. This is where I'm going. You learn something. There's something very beautiful. There's a very beautiful purpose in that pain or struggle or whatever thick of it people are in right now. Yeah. And I think one more thing is, as you do, as you do hard things, Mm -hmm. And you find out that whatever is the end result, maybe it's what you imagine, maybe it's not, but you find that you get through it, that then as the next hard thing comes, you're, you are a little more trusting yourself that you can do it, that you can get through it. And then it's not as scary the next time around. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Carrie Spencer, who was episode two of this podcast last year in August of 2019, she said, everything that you've ever done was hard Mm -hmm. at first. Like everything that you've ever done was hard because you, if if you didn't do it before, if you're, it's new to you, it's hard. For sure. For sure. That makes me think of my first year homeschooling, which a lot of parents are going through now with COVID-19. Yeah. The first year was a disaster. Yeah, back to it and go, well, that was not that great. But after that, I did it for 14 years. After that, it got so much better that by the time the kids got old enough and left, and now I'm not homeschooling anymore, I I walk around really missing it sometimes going, oh, those were good days. Right, right. You know, and that's, yeah, who knew? I know. Who knew? Exactly. That's the thing, discovering about ourselves. As we are uh, coming to a close today, so... Do, do me a favor. You alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I wanted to ask you for five-star painting. Our listeners are listening. Maybe they need, they have some painting needs. Who is your customer? What can you do for them? And how do they reach out to you? Our customer, of course, is homeowners, uh, our main customer. 
um, homeowners. Um, actually, we are our, our demographics lean more towards women than men. Women tend to care about how their houses look. And not that men don't care, but yeah, they're more about how the house looks. It's more important. Um, so we work with more women than men. Um, you know, they're typically between the ages of about 30 to 65, 70, somewhere in there. And what makes us different? Um, like I said, I've kind of said we, we have a project manager on every job. We arrive on time. We we let you know how long this job is going to take. It's not where we're disappearing and you're saying, what happened to them? Yeah. Um, all of our painters are, are A-quality painters. Um, like, you know, our name is Five Star Painting. We are striving to earn five stars from every customer. Love that. Yeah. So, so you know, we and we want to build trust. We want people to trust us because we really are doing a good job. Um, and it's not only painting, but we do, we install trim moldings, wainscoting, crown molding, things like that. Oh, wow. Okay. We, um, we replace wood rod on exteriors. We stain decks. We refinish garages. We do garage floor epoxies. We uh, paint kitchen cabinets like there is no tomorrow. It is such a popular thing right now. And I have heard from people that that is such a challenging self project. It's huge. It's a very huge project. You got to take them, you know, take all the drawers, all the stuff, all this, you got to sand every surface. Um, so it's huge, but we can knock them out in two or three days. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, but it's it's a huge thing that I, we do. We do anywhere two to five or six kitchens a week. It's just wow, that's fantastic. So much in demand right now. And now, you people listening at home, I know you're doing your home projects, so don't do those cabinets <laughs> yourself. You're gonna want to call Tina. So, hey, Tina, the other question I have for you is how? What's the best way for customers to reach you and um, do you have a special offer? Uh, offer? Do you have a special offer for the listeners of the Thriving Thoughts podcast? Um, yeah, I mean the the best way to reach us is at fivestarpainting.com. Okay. We have a website. Um, you can go in and schedule an appointment online, or there's a phone number there. You can call and get scheduled that way uh, for a free estimate, and then an estimator will come out. Um, we always offer a free color consultation for. Um, any, any job that, um, is, you know, three to four rooms or more. Great. Um, but yeah, people love those. Um, and we, we always really just try to get you the best price, but we always do at least 10% off. Nice. And it could even be more. We kind of look at the whole scope. If it's, if it's a very large job, you may even get a little better than that. Yeah. I'll go okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Tina, as we're closing out today, I ask every one of my podcast guests, and you don't get out of it, I ask everyone, what is one truth that you would like the people listening to the show today to remember weeks after this podcast episode ends? Um, I think my truth is just trust yourself. You can do it. Mm. Um, trust yourself. Dig deep. When the hard times come, dig deep. Yeah. And take that risk and trust yourself and you can do it. And I think you'll be amazed at what what happens, what comes out, what you find within yourself. All the all the answers really are always there. You just have to trust it. I have a sticky note right beside me here that says, What's inside of you is the answer. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, you've learned it. <laughs> we all have to learn it. I hope today, whatever you're going through, that you've been encouraged by Tina's message that you can do 
hard things. My friends, also remember to share this episode with somebody else who needs to hear that message that they too can do hard things in the face of adversity. Please do take up Tina with Five Star Painting up on her offer to get a free color consultation. How many opportunities do you have to have an interior designer come into your home and help you understand what colors look right in your home, what colors represent your personality and your vision for a happy, healthy life at home that reflects this powerful message that you too can do hard things. All you need to do is text the word color, C-O-L-O-R, to the number 540-369-2139. All right, my friends, we'll be here with another special rebroadcast episode this coming Wednesday right here on Thriving Thoughts with Dr. Sherry. If you're an Apple Podcast user, please do click five stars. That helps us reach even more people. And yes, we're still aiming to reach that seventh continent. So if you know anybody on Antarctica right now, hey, shoot them a message and say, take a listen to the Thriving Thoughts podcast. Let's get this show on all seven continents. All right, my friends, I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. I'm so grateful that you join me here each and every week, twice a week, as a matter of fact. And until next time, please do remember to speak truth over the lies so you too can thrive in any and every circumstance.